Hello, it's Andrew May, and welcome to the Performance Intelligence Podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Optimize performance through adapting your physical, psychological, and emotional state. In this Bite Size from episode number 42, Owen Eastwood shares the touching story of how he connected with his father's Maori tribe and the words they gave him that have seen him change how he lives his life and literally changed his entire philosophy on being connected. Which in turn, this has led to writing his best-selling book, Belonging. Owen now works with some of the biggest names in sport, media, entertainment in the entire world. Owen also explains why he thinks the world is losing these important connections and the impact this could have on future generations who are struggling to form meaningful relationships. I really enjoy talking to Owen. I enjoy reading his material. Every time I get a touch of Owen Eastwood, I feel energized, I feel engaged, and I also feel a little bit rattled in a positive way. Am I doing enough? Am I going deeper? And am I exploring what I really need to explore? And on that note, in this bite size, Owen also mentions how he stumbled across his purpose. And if you really want to go deeper, go back to episode number 42 and you can do a deep dive on the entire conversation. You get fired up. I love the passion. You go from being a couple of questions that pressed a nerve, and I see you jump. And the, the, it, this is like, this is really yeah. you, isn't it? Like, this is like, your calling. This, this is what you're meant to do. You've been put on this earth, I think, to spread this message. Well, I'm not sure about that, but I, I think part of the, my fire and my belly about it is that after Belonging came out, you know, you, you get an amazing range of people reach out. And one of them was, teaming neuroscientists in New York called Sapien Labs who do the Global Mental Health Report. And so they go around the world every single year and do this mental health report across 188 countries. They interview 300,000 people. So it's not, you know, westernized. It's it's a proper global approach. And they've found that the age group between 16 and 24 is the one who's mentally suffering the most now and in the last few years. And the work I've done underneath that and so to the point where 40% of people in between 16 and 24 across the globe reported that they were mentally traumatized, traumatized at some point in the past 12 months. When they got underneath why that was the case, their main reason is that people in that age group today have a poor sense of their social self. Okay, so what does that mean? What that means is Unlike when you and I were kicking around the neighborhood, playing with the neighbors on the street, going down to the local park, then going to sports practice in the classroom, go down to church maybe on the Sunday, always part of these communities that you had a deep sense of belonging to. Didn't have to enjoy it all the time and, and like everybody, but you, you had a sense of your social self, that you belonged, and there's a sense of safety around that. People don't are having that diminishing all the time. You know, they're on their screens, Team sport is falling away in a horrendous way across the globe, which is a terrifying thing because that's an amazing place where you learn to belong and you learn what it takes to be part of a team. And people are feeling chronically isolated and lonely and not just older people, but the young are feeling like that. As my son, who's 15, told me, you know, the Snapchat groups, WhatsApp group, he just looked at me and said, you know what? I spend so much time on this and it's completely soulless. That's what he said. So, so that is, this is, not, this is what high performance 
that that's not the issue as high performance. The issue is our young people are not having the experiences of belonging and trust and psychological safety that we had. And that's going to end up deteriorating their, their well-being. And I'm I will do everything I can to try and help address that. Are you planning an upcoming conference or company offsite? For the past 15 years, I've averaged speaking at over 50 events each year, and I still love presenting at conferences as much as I did when I first started. To explore the different presentations I offer on a range of topics and themes, including physical and psychological well-being, becoming burnout-proof, connection and belonging, that's a new area I'm, I'm really enjoying presenting on, neuroscience and behavior change, mental skills and leadership and culture, or if you'd like to understand our fully integrated conference experience with pre-event diagnostics, activities throughout the agenda, including a morning wake-up, energy breaks, team-building activities, and digital resources to embed learning, to find out more information and to download a brochure, go to andrewmay.com slash keynotes. Did you struggle at that age, 16 to 24? So if we look back at the evolution that led to where you are now, your upbringing, grew up in New Zealand, what was life like as a young kid? So let's go, first of all, the first five, six, seven years, and then we'll go to that that teenage age group. You know, the huge thing that happened to, to me as a kid was my father dying when I was five, uh, suddenly, and my mother being 39 and having a... The 13 year old 10 year old myself five and my sister three so she my, my mother was one of seven children and we were surrounded by family to help us get through the trauma and grief of of that but that definitely had a big impact on me and i think it still does to be to be honest missing my dad i think when i became a teenager i was a bit i didn't have a good sense of my social self either my dad was an only child he was part maori part english didn't feel connected to either of those. His mother, my grandmother, lived in Auckland, which is you know, a thousand miles away from where we lived. Didn't see her enough, really. So when I was 12, I wrote that letter to Naitahu, the Maori tribe, and I just asked them, you know, this is my dad, Harry Eastwood, this is my grandmother, Rose Eastwood, and that's all I know, really. You know, they, my grandmother says I'm in your tribe, but do you know who I am? And they wrote this amazing letter, which actually transformed my life in many ways, which was, you know, we know who you are and you belong here and gave me this whakapapa, this of a thousand years of my ancestors. They taught me what that concept was, the idea that each of us, whether it's your family or any community you belong to, a team, a business, any, any group of people, that you're only one person in a line of people with their arms interlocked, going all the way back to whatever the origin story is and into the future to the end of time. And the metaphor being the sun first shone on that first ancestors and just slowly moves down this line of people and reveals each of us in turn. And they say so they explained in a, in a very emotionally satisfying way that you and your father's arms are interlocked. Um, and that will always be the case, even though the son's moved off him, it's on you now. And then in time, your children and grandchildren. So all of these ideas were absolutely incredible. And, and they are the backbone of my um, coaching practice now. And they're not indigenous ideas of one place they're universal ideas across the species i'm very convinced of that from all the feedback i've had it's a it's a sad story to hear that about your your dad and you've turned that into a purpose or a gift to give back to others i've i've mentioned that 
Whakapapa to some of the Pacific players I've worked with in different sports, and their eyes light up. And, and they said, How do you know this? I go, oh, you know, I'm, I'm Pakea, <laughs> but I'm going to give you a book. And I've given a number of them the book <laughs> plays, and they've just said, Yes, yeah, thank you. Because it is, it's a beautiful story. And you don't have to be Maori, you don't have to be no. English, you Chinese, any descendancy. I think everyone wants to know that they belong. So when you said those words before, I could, I could feel like just a goosebump like when you say it there's so much meaning there's so much connection there's so much love you would have said that hundreds of times but i can see every time you say that it's it's here right it's it's from the heart well it is and it 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 allowed me to move towards a healthier version of who i was and then a healthier life and that's why i think it's important if we actually make time to have conversations like this and and we share what we've learned and what's been passed down to us by ancestors, then we can help each other a lot. Now, this isn't all about corporate speak and high performance and inverted commas workshops and all that. You know, it's just actually trying to frame what the hell is life? What the hell is it being part of this team, community, family? or whatever? Just understanding at that level, probably a spiritual level, what this is all about. And, you know, people who came before us had some beautiful ways of articulating that. And, and I just think it's very dangerous to to lose sight of it and start going into this world of the individual. You know, like you even mentioned, you know, like my purpose. I don't ever think of myself as having any purpose whatsoever. And I know really? that's a bit I know that's unconventional. Yeah, I, I don't have my purpose, if I have to use that word, is to do whatever I can for the teams and the, and the groups that I um, are part of, whatever they need from me. So my family... My purpose is not to be a great father or whatever. I don't think about that. I, my purpose is to do what my family need at any given point in time. With England football team, I'm not delivering on some great purpose I've got in life. They are trying to compete. They want to be the best team in the world, and they feel I can help them, and that's my commitment is to give them everything I can. So I, I, I don't actually like – and in my book, I interviewed Jerome Kaino, the double World Cup winning All Black, and I asked him what's your purpose to test this, and he came back to me and said, I don't actually understand what that question means. My purpose is whatever my family, my community, my church, my country needs from me. I'll do whatever I can for them. And that's how I feel. And I actually think that's a healthier way to look at life than thinking I have to have my individual purpose, my individual values, my individual mission. By definition, to me, that sort of puts you away from people, not with them. Hi again, it's Andrew, and I hope you really enjoyed that episode. We would appreciate if you helped to amplify the Performance Intelligence podcast by sharing episodes with your friends and with your colleagues by going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help get the message out to a wider audience, and I love reading the comments as well. If you'd like to know more about booking me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite, or purchasing one of the books I've written, including MatchFit, or if you'd just like to receive my monthly e-newsletter, which is called the AM Edition, that has stacks of information specific to all things human performance, go to andrewmay.com. And we'll see you on the next edition of Performance Intelligence.